0: to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to continue listening to various speakers talk about the King James Bible and why it is the most accurate English version. And we're also going to continue offering the King James gift offer, which is six discs, valued at $130, all available for a gift of $35 at prophecyclub.com. The six discs and the four titles are... New Age Bible Versions by Gail Ripplinger, NIV, or King James by Les Garrett. King James, are 400 counterfeits, which is a triple DVD offer by Adam Johnson. And then today, we're going to start listening to Michael Hoggard in Which Bible is Right for Me? Keep in mind, each one of these DVDs typically has two and a half hours of information on it
1: and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and between clean and unclean. Notice what's being said here. He says that when the priests go in and if they are drunk on wine and strong drink, then what God said is clean and what he said is unclean, the priests won't be able to know the difference, will they? Wow. He said that which is holy and unholy, if the priests are drunk, they will not be able to tell the difference between that which is holy and that which is unholy. And so you know what they're going to do? They're going to mix the two because of spiritual false doctrine drunkenness. Notice what the book of Proverbs says. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived... Notice the wording here. Deceived thereby is not wise. These things equal false doctrine. Isaiah 28, 7 8. But they have also erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness so that there is no place clean. So the Bible is laying a foundation for us that wine... Strong drink equals a false doctrine and a false doctrine system that has, not will in the future, but has already made its way into the church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Notice that God is putting a difference between one and the other. God is saying drunkenness is wrong. How many of you believe that? Hey, listen, I'm still an old-fashioned preacher that believes it's wrong to drink liquor. Amen? Amen. I think it's wrong to drink that stuff. You don't have that stuff in your house. Somebody say amen to that. All right. Now, God says it's wrong. And so God says drunkenness is over here and being filled with the Spirit is over here. And he said, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit and you never mix the two. Amen? You never mix the two. And then, you know... Talks about speaking yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know what I get out of that? I get out of that, that when you get full of God's spirit, God will give you a sweet song in your heart. Somebody say amen. Amen. Boy, I like that. Now watch this. Paul warned the church. He warned the church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he was warning the church. He was not only warning them then, then, but he's warning them now. And he said, but I fear, lest by any means as... And in the other videos, we talked about certain words in the Bible. And that word as is very, very strong. It's a very strong word. As the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. That means go back and look at how the devil did it to Eve. And how did the devil seduce Eve? How did he get her to not be able to tell the difference between what God said and what he said? We're going to find that out tonight. As the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth, number one, another Jesus, number two, another spirit, or number three, another gospel. Did you know that there's a false gospel out there? Let me tell you what this false gospel is. It is anything that it is to any degree removed from the true gospel. And the true gospel is that we are saved by grace through faith and not by works. Somebody say amen. You are not saved by your works. You're not saved by your intellect. You're not saved by the money you put in nor your church membership. You are saved by the grace of almighty God alone through faith. That is the true gospel. Anything to any degree less than that. Is a false gospel. It's another gospel. And so we're going to deal with this tonight as the serpent beguiled Eve because he was already working on transforming. You see, Eve is a woman, and women in the Bible represent churches. They represent the church. And so Paul is warning us now as the church to not fall into the same trap that Eve fell into. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 11, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Now here again, we have God's true men, God's true leaders, God's true prophets, God's true preachers, and then we have false prophets over here, false teachers and false preachers, and they have decided to mingle and transform themselves. And no marvel, verse 14, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works." Now I'm going to teach you, I titled this the Hegelian dialect and it's transforming the church. And and, uh, I know some of the prophecy club students uh, or students of prophecy in general have probably heard of the Hegelian dialect. They may have seen it before. They may kind of know what it is. But I'm going to just kind of break it down for you just so that you'll understand what I'm talking about when I use this. Let me, let me see if I can explain it this way. Uh, Up on the screen you see thesis plus antithesis or antithesis, and an equal synthesis. Let me kind of tell you what that means. Let's say that, uh, let's say the brother over here, he believes the Bible, he believes that it's the inspired word of God, and he believes what God said, that God created the earth in six days, and they were 24-hour days, because the Bible said the evening and the morning were the first day, and so he believes that roughly 6,000 years ago, uh, God created the heavens and the earth and man in six days. And let's say that somebody over here, let's say that uh, they're an atheist, an agnostic, uh, some kind of deist or something like that. They don't hardly believe in God. They don't even like to think about it. And they believe this sewer pipe coming into our public schools that we're just all here by evolution. Amen? And, they, and he believes that over here. And he says that, no, God didn't have anything to do with it, that there was a big explosion in space some, you know, 14 and a half billion years ago. And then, lo and behold, this earth evolved, you know, 2.5 billion years ago. And then there was a pool of goo over here. And in that pool of goo, uh, some chemicals came together, lightning flashed and thunder rolled and these chemicals came together and it formed a cell. And then it formed a little fish. And then the fish grew hair and a tail and it formed a monkey. And then the hair fell off. Amen, guys? Amen? The hair fell off and the tail dropped off and here we stand. You know what? I think you ought to laugh at that nonsense. Amen? That is, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Only the devil could come up with something that stupid. Amen? I mean, it's just you talking about that. Listen, that's not science. It's science falsely so-called, the Bible says. It's actually part of the New Age religion. And I'll show you that tonight, and I'll show you that tomorrow night. That evolution has everything to do with a new world order system being put in this country. That's why it's being taught in our schools. So you have this infidel over here who doesn't believe anything. You just, oh, big accident. And you have this man over here who believes in the creation story exactly the way the Bible says. Now, we have thesis over here, and we have the opposite of that, antithesis or antithesis over here. Now, those two ideas, they just can't, mm, they, they don't work, do they? You can't bring them together and have anything that looks like the thesis or the right doctrine. They're not supposed to come together. God said, don't be drunk so that you know the difference between clean and unclean. So what happened? Something has happened over the last 50, 75 years. So that now coming out of our pulpits, out of our Bible colleges, out of some of our Christian leaders, the idea called theistic evolution. It's a new synthetic doctrine that chooses or wishes to incorporate the principles of God, watered down so that they can mix easily with the corruption of hell, and you have a new synthetic doctrine that says, yeah, God created the universe, but it took him 15 billion years to do it. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a slow God. Amen? It doesn't work, does it? And it's wrong. And it's coming out of our pulpits. And it's coming, it, Christian books, Christian leaders. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. You'd be surprised at the people who are saying, maybe this is real. But it's not. Because to any degree you leave the biblical account of the Genesis creation story, you have left the word of God. Amen? Two contradicting statements or ideas brought together to form a new synthetic doctrine. Let me, um, let me, let me kind of show you how this is at work. It's at work in politics they're using the i believe that's what oklahoma city was all about see oklahoma city was it's what's called a change agent it's to get americans who love freedom who over the years we have a history of as americans of fighting and spilling our blood and guts for the sake of the freedom that we have in this country our forefathers did it i think we ought to do it but then you have a new world order system communist based out of hell and the key is to try to get Americans to be communist. It's called the Hegelian dialect. So something has to change. That Listen, the communists are not going to change. Something has to change the patriotic Americans, right? So you blow up a building or two, and you see innocent children killed right on front of your television screen, and it's called a change agent. And then you begin to bring Americans... Closer to communism. So then, right after that, they start passing laws saying we need to monitor what you are doing. We need to watch over you. We need to regulate this. We need to do that. You see that that the world calls it communism. Bible calls it cruel authority. And let me say this: there is a reason why American is America is getting what we're getting is that we've turned our back on God. And when you do, see the Bible says you are going to be, you are always going to be under somebody's dominion. You're either going to be under God's dominion or you're going to be under the devil's and that's all there is to it. So you know what God is doing? God is allowing this nation to be transformed from a godly nation under his control to a nation that's under the control of the devil. We're singing in the guise of public morality. You talk to old-timers, senior citizens, people 60, 70 years old, and they'll tell you that in their day, they never seen the like of people walking around they walked. I mean, people undressed and stuff. I mean, it's all over our television screen. There's stuff, hey, listen, when the sodomites can come out of the closet and get married and, 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 and have those TV shows on and everybody sits at home and laughs at that stuff when 30, 40 years ago that was a curse and you didn't do that, see, something's happened, isn't it? You had decent people who had who had a moral consciousness and you had this wickedness out of hell. Something was used to change public morality. Commerce. It's going on, right? How many of you remember, I mean, remember paying 75, 60 cents a gallon for gasoline? Amen. Oh, those were the days, right? Those were the days. Well, you know what? We're so used to not knowing what we pay for gas anymore. It goes up, about, it goes up and down about every two, three weeks, doesn't it? I don't even know what it is right now. Buck 80, buck 70, buck 60. I don't know. It was it was one price when I left home to come here. It's a totally different price now. So you know what they're getting us? They're getting us to not care about how much it costs. Commerce, advertising. Do you believe that advertising in magazines, commercials, radio are trying to get people to change how they think? Television and film. Oh yeah, television and film trying to get us to change how we think. So that's the Hegelian dialect at work. Now let me. Uh, it's working in preaching. It's working in preaching. Now I want you to get this concept. I want you to follow this, okay? Here you have a church. A church, according to the scriptures, is to be what God said it was supposed to be. I believe a church ought to be a birthing center. I believe the church ought to be bringing people into the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. I believe, and the Bible says that people are saved by the foolish, that God chose the foolishness of preaching. To save people, right? So God has a way that he said, this is how it's going to be done. And God said it's through preaching that people should be saved. I'm a preacher. I stand for that. I believe that. I think that we ought to preach in our churches. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, Now, here's the lost man over here. The lost man doesn't like the preacher. He doesn't like the preaching. You know why? Because he gets under conviction. He's reminded of his sin. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to change his ways. And so here the church is supposed to preach. The lost man says doesn't preach. So something's going on in our churches now. To where now we have churches that don't preach. They'll get up there and they'll give you a little psychology lesson. Give you four points on this, seven points on this. How to have a successful marriage. How to do this. How to do that. How to feel good when you leave out of here. And oh, by the way, we're going to pass the plate. Amen. Oh, boy, don't get me started on that. But anyway, so we have a new style of preaching that's coming out of our churches. And the problem is the lost man stays lost. The lost man stays lost because God's way is has been changed into man's way. It's going on in our churches. Purpose, purpose-driven. I believe that churches ought to be sacred assemblies, don't you? Yes. I've, hey, I remember a time, and probably you remember a time, when churches were a holy place. You went to church, and when you was a kid, you sat down, and you kept your mouth shut, and you didn't chew gum and stuff like that. I mean, I know I'm sounding old-fashioned, but that's just how I remember it. That's the way, I mean, church was a holy, holy thing, Amen? I mean, it was supposed to be a sacred assembly. So you know now what we, and the, and the world says, I don't like that. I like entertainment. I like things that'll flash in my eyes. I like big old music going. I like the drums. I like this. I like that. I like a big show. When you, if, if you want me to come to your church, then you're going to have to put on a show for me. And oh, by the way, because I'm lost, I have a sin nature. And the show that you put on last month is not going to be good enough. It's going to have to be better next month. Isn't that how it is? That's what drives Hollywood, isn't it? Hollywood knows that they can't make a lesser movie than what they did this year. They have to make it better next year or you won't show up. Uh, The country music, the, the pop music industry, all of the music industries, all the media centers know That what they're doing now is not going to be good enough, probably six months from now, and it's going to have to be more exciting. What's going on in our television? We've lost the shock value, right? So Janet Jackson has a malfunction on television. Listen, they can tell me all they want to. They didn't know that was going on. I think they're lying through their teeth. Amen? So you know what? You know what the American viewing public is now waiting for? We're waiting for the next worst thing to happen. Television, as a result of this, is not going to get better. It's going to get worse, isn't it? It's all about changing. Turning churches from sacred assemblies to entertainment centers. Everything orchestrated and laid out versus churches. I think churches ought to be spirit led, don't you? I think that if you have church, you ought to at least invite Jesus to come and he ought to at least be able to have a say in what goes on in the church. Because by the way, it's his church. Amen? That's what's going on. Let me show you some of, the, uh, some, of, some of what's going on, some of what is being marketed by churches to this lost world. Casual dress. Notice the, the, the man there's a, old man there, God rocks. By the way, let me tell you something. I want to just kind of get off on this for a moment. I'm, I'm one of these guys that, uh, I don't know, I just I, some things are just wrong to me. And this whole idea about rock and roll and stuff like that, I, re, I remember learning, and it's still true. You can go research it and look it up. The term rock and roll was a slang term that they used to talk about sexual activity in the back of a car. That's where the term came from. I'm not making this up. That's where the term came from. And when you tell me God rocks, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. They're trying to characterize, you see on the bottom of the screen, they're trying to characterize a a traditional religion or traditional churches or churches that are still preaching the way they ought to as long-faced religion that there's no life in that, that there's nothing going on there. So, they're, so all the churches now, they're trying to get away, from, they're trying to advertise to the lost world that we have changed what we're doing and we're going to try to accommodate you. I don't know. Things like, it's too boring. I don't have time. You notice the young lady there. There's a caption there. I'm going to show you what this is being marketed to lost people from churches. She said, when I walked out of my parents' church, I never thought I'd walk back in. For me, church was all about rules, uncomfortable clothes, and trying to stay awake. It was watching my parents act like saints on Sunday and sinners the other six days. If that was church, you could have it. I had moved on in my life. I didn't need church. That's why it was so strange that as an adult, I found myself really wanting a spiritual facet to my life. I want you to get what she's trying to convince the lost man of. She's trying to say that for years, everybody that sat in church now were all hypocrites. And they weren't. I mean, you can just forget about going to any church that still believes the old time way and believes the old King James Bible and will preach against sin and names. By the way, I'm, I'm a preacher. I believe in name and sins. Amen. You preach against sin specifically. Lost man doesn't want to hear that. So now the churches are marketing to the lost man. If you come to our church, we won't preach on sin. My heart is burdened, people. My heart is burdened. Because unless the sinner comes face to face with his sin and repents, he cannot be saved. Is that biblical? Absolutely. Absolutely. Confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive of our sins. So the church, who for years tried to get the lost man to come face to face with his sins, now the church is saying, if you come to our church, we won't mention it. And we'll still tell you that you're a Christian. Something's gone wrong here. A church that is doing this, I'll... Uh, kind of speed this up a little bit. They say, what on earth am I here for? This is from their website. What is my blueprint for living life? What drives my life? You may have felt in the dark about your purpose in life. Congratulations, you're about to walk into the light. During this Lenten season, we'll spend 40 days in small groups examining many life questions and take a look at what it means to lead a purpose-given life. Now, that sounds all real good, but here's the rest of what this church says on their website, what they stand for. They say that we are a church of inclusion. This is a value Jesus held. We believe Jesus came to include, not exclude. Hold on a minute. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I didn't come. He said, I come to bring a sword. Jesus said, I come to turn a man at variance against his father and his mother. He said, unless you abandon all those and come and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Notice what they say under liberation. We are people of liberation. We seek to challenge all oppression, particularly the oppression of who? Queer people. That is their wording from their website. By embodying grace, we live out our liberation until all are set free. So now it's got to the point that the church is now saying it's okay to be a sodomite and you can still go to heaven. That's where we're at. Now, let me move on. Music, sacred music versus rock and roll. I won't deal with that tonight. Let me move on. Let me talk about how the Hegelian dialect is working in the Bible translation issue. Let's let's take this man over here for an example. He believes that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It has no errors in it whatsoever. There are zero mistakes in the Bible, and everything that he reads in this book came down from heaven. you believe that? Say Amen. Now, here's a man over here who, he just, he sees the book, the Bible is just a bunch of fairy tales, uh, or he might believe that some of it came from God or whatever, or it's, it's a book of good principles, but it's not the Word of God. So this idea over here says it's the Word of God. This idea over here says that it's not the Word of God. And when you take these two things and you meld them together, you have a new synthetic doctrine about the Bible, and it's characterized by the following quotations. Each translation has the power to transform your life. The voice of God can speak to you through each one. Always use more than one translation. Let the Lord speak to you through more than one voice. All versions can help us to hear the voice of God. The Bible is not what it appears to be. It has no single author representing a uniform and consistent point of view. Oh, yes, it does. It does have one single author, doesn't it? God. And it is one consistent point of view. And they say, "Let all." what they're telling you is, you get out about 10 different Bible translations when you're studying the Scriptures. Or since the books are too big, we'll sell you some software that has 14 different Bible translations on it and transliterations and all this stuff. And then somewhere, somewhere, you will be able to accurately hear, maybe, what God's saying. That's a new synthetic doctrine concerning the Bible. Here's how that works out. Let me show you what the Bible says. Thy word is very pure. Do you believe that? Say amen. Therefore thy servant loveth it. Psalm 119, thy word is true from where? Beginning. Do you believe Genesis 1? Do you believe that God created the earth in six days? Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt... Notice the future tense. From this point, David was saying, it will always be preserved. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Now I'm going to get into what I'm going to do for you tonight is I'm going to put up here on the screen. I'm going to show you the differences. They say get out many translations. So what I'm going to do for you tonight is I'm going to show you the King James translation on one side and some of the other translations on the other. And then this new synthetic doctrine says that even where they're disagreeing, you should be able to hear God's voice somewhere in the middle. And this changing comes three ways. Number one, changing of the reading. In other words, making it say something completely different. Or number two, omission of part of the verse. Or number three, omission of all of a verse. Let me show that. Put it up on the screen. Number one, here's the King James. It says, Hosea 11, Ephraim compasseth me about with lies, and the house of Israel with deceit. But Judah yet ruleth with God, and is faithful with the saints. Now what I want you to concentrate on is the fact that Judah rules with God and is faithful. That is what the King James Bible says. The NIV says Judah is unruly against God and against the faithful and holy one. So what you're seeing here is that one of these versions is not telling you the truth, is it? One of these, what they're saying, they are two totally contradictory statements from one Bible to the other, and yet the new doctrine says that we're supposed to hear God's voice somewhere in here. But you know what? God is not the author of confusion. And if one verse says that Judah rules with God and the other verse says that Judah is unruly, which one's right? Well, God's right, but which one did God say? And so you have to make... See, what we're doing is we're saying that there really is no standard for what's right. If you work in the construction industry...
0: I'm going to interrupt right there, but I encourage you to get this offer. Probably the most important thing to make certain that we do not fall away and take the mark of the beast is the fact that we know our God and we know his word. And if we're off reading the wrong version that has been corrupted, how can we stand? Brothers and sisters, we've got to stand. And that is why it's important to have the King James Version and have enough information to where you can convince others to turn away from things that are corrupted. That's the reason I recommend you get the King James gift offer. It's four titles, six discs, valued at $130 for a gift of just $35. That's right, four titles, six discs, valued at $130 for a gift of $35 at prophecyclub.com. The King James gift offer, $35 at prophecyclub.com. Make certain you can give an answer when someone comes asking you questions about what Bible you read. October 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding in Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my 7 Seals, 7 Trumpets, 7 Vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my Feast and Revelation Prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an in-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. The room only holds 350 people, and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end-time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book, supernaturally. So you probably know nothing that is in this book. One prophetic word said, there is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 Or a new case price, 60 books for $250. That's 60 books in a case for $250. The secret door to understand Bible prophecy at prophecyclub.com. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people would agree. 300 titles, normally $30 each. A gift of $100 a month would be reasonable. $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20, recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that will lock in your rate for a year even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com Go check it out WatchProphecyClub.com